Welcome to Reality Check, the podcast that helps teenagers find their own answer to the common question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm Ariana, your host, and today I'm excited to interview Derek, who is a kitchen and bath designer. Welcome. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your current profession and what you do. Okay, so my current profession, as you said, is a kitchen bath designer, and basically it involves interfacing with clients to help them figure out what they want to do in their kitchen or the bathroom and kind of help troubleshoot the issues they're having and how to make the space functional, but then also look nice. And then going back a little bit, what did you want to be when you were in high school? When I was in high school, I had no clue. (laughs) When I was in high school, I was like, I just want to be done with high school. And that's all I really cared about. So I did, I, I puttered around at different classes. I actually had most credits to graduate by the end of my junior year. I just need like one credit my senior year. So then I just took a bunch of kind of elective classes because at my school, you had to be on premises the whole time. Like even if you had no class, you had to be there. So instead of sitting in the cafeteria, twiddling my thumbs, being bored, I took a bunch of different, like, oh, let me try this out. And One of the ones I took was a drafting class, which is about architectural drawing. And I really enjoyed that. So that's kind of what got me into my first step into kitchen bath design of just learning how to do drawings and, you know, figure out space planning and stuff like that. And after high school, what was your first step into the professional world? So my first step in the professional world is I actually ended up working for my church And I was working in the HR functions of the church, kind of dealing with the different clergy members to make sure that they were doing well and helping with personal issues. So that way they were able to do their jobs properly. Now, you mentioned you took like an architectural drawing class. How is this similar and then different from being an architect? So an architect, the way you kind of I look at it is an architect is basically they're looking at overall space plan of a building. So they're trying to figure out how should this building look and how do things flow through the building. And when it comes to like, like say kitchen bath and they're just kind of like, okay, good. The kitchen's going there, but not necessarily diving into what is the actual ins and outs of where should the sink exactly be located? Why should the stove go here? So an architect for the most part, is very much about big picture in regards to a, a design for a building. But then like that class I took, I also could have gone the route of an engineer and went into engineering school. And engineering is its own other subfields in different ways because you could be looking at engineering from how does a building not fall down versus how does you, a, a road be built so that way cars actually last on it versus bridges versus landscape. An engineer, it's basically how does something function and hold together? An architect is kind of the big picture of how should a space look and how should the flows of the different parts of the space, like why should a window go on this wall? And that's kind of what an architect does. And you'll find when engineers and architects talk, the engineer goes, yeah, that's not going to work. And the architect goes, but it looks pretty. So I want to do it. And then Mm -hmm. someone wins eventually. So was there a reason you chose specifically kitchen and baths instead of being an architect or engineer? 
basically I bounced around. So as we kind of talked about it earlier, I worked for my church. Then I worked for a drug rehab company. I worked as a plumber for a little while. Then I worked as a office manager for a chiropractor. I did project management for residential remodel. So I've kind of bounced around and it was mainly just kind of like, all right, let me kind of, you know, see what this is like and do I enjoy it or not? And was it rewarding to me? Because for me, a job is not about a paycheck. A job is it rewarding and do I actually enjoy what I'm doing? Do I enjoy going to work that day? And if I don't enjoy going to that work, then I'm looking for something else to do. So long story short, when I worked for project management for a remodeling company, I was enjoying kind of the puzzle of making sure the remodel got done, but I was seeing that, hey, this could have been designed differently and that doesn't quite look right and those colors don't quite work properly. So how could that go? And so I found myself gravitating more towards that end of it, uh, figuring out the puzzle of someone's space and how can someone live in that space. And why specifically like, kitchens and baths instead of like living rooms or bedrooms money (laughs) (laughs) no i mean a kitchen and bath a kitchen bath designer it is a very technical area and um it's actually where people spend tend to spend the most money when it comes to remodels Mm -hmm. so in regards to an industry an interior designer will work the whole house and so if i'm looking at bedrooms living rooms i would go down interior designer path And then bathrooms is part of it and kitchens is part of it. But again, it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a broad encompassing. So like an interior designer, they're looking at, okay, the colors of the space and how should you live in the space and how do you sit in the space and, you know, what are that type of aspect to it where a kitchen design bath designer is going to go more in detail about how do you function in that space? And then also the components that go together to it. So it's a very kind of specialized field. Like when you look at a bathroom, you go, okay, great. I got a sink. I got a toilet and I got a shower. Okay, great. It's there. But you could take the shower and dissect it into, okay, what spacing do you want for the shower head? What type of person are, do you like, if you have thick hair, then you need a stronger shower head. So what type of requirements are needed for the shower head versus I want to feel like I'm in a spa. So therefore you're going to do this large rain head and it's going to be pitter patter rain on your head you know mm-hmm. so it's it's very deep dive into like minutia and individual details on it which i like puzzles and that is a puzzle to me of like how can i make this space work how can i balance out so it's totally functional for the person but then it's very aesthetic and very beautiful and you enjoy walking into that space each day So you kind of already went into it, but walk us through the steps of like creating a new space if you were to get a new client, say. Uh Uh-huh. So when I first walk into someone's house, I care about how they function. And I care about in your, like, let's take a kitchen, for example. So in the kitchen, what are your pain points? What, What bothers you about this space? What works for you about this space? And I'm very much looking about is where the different components of the kitchen in the right location, or this should actually move. Where where do things choke? Like if two people are in the kitchen, where are they constantly bumping into each other? So dissecting that and what needs to move, am I leaving walls alone or are we looking at taking out walls to expand the space? And also, is it worth it? 
someone, sometimes people go, Hey, I want to take out that wall and make this big space. And I go, yeah, you're going to spend $3,000 taking out that wall and you're not going to gain anything. So there's no value to it. So it's how, what's, what's the value on it? So that's the first part of that. And then from there, I put together my preliminary design and say, okay, great. Here is the floor plan for the space. Here's the rendering. Here's how it's going to look. Here is how it's all going to flow together. And then a suggested palette based off of talking to them of like, cool. Like in your, I see in your background, you have turquoise on your walls. So I go, okay, cool. This client likes a bit of a, a cooler palette, maybe with the greens. You're wearing a purple shirt. So if you like the purple color or the color purple, then I'm thinking, okay, palette wise, she's a bit of a cooler palette, meaning grays, greens, purples, blues. And so then I'm saying, okay, here is a color palette of cabinetry, countertop, and tile that fits that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And then from there, give it back to the client. And the client's going to do their, their comparison. A, a, a well-educated client is not going to go with one person. They're going to make sure that they've gotten a couple bids and that they're comfortable with who, they, who they're talking to and the numbers sound right. So at that point... Now we get into nitty gritty. So now it's like we sit down in my design studio and say, okay, cool. Here's this kitchen on the wall and my TV, you know, so the whole rendering's on it. And we go cabinet by cabinet. This is what I put here. This is why. This is why I put the sink here, et cetera, to work through that and make sure that they understand why it's functioning the way it is. And that's going to work for them. And then it's good. Now let's go shopping. So now we're going to go look at cabinet specific color door style finishes specific countertops specific tile and the whole process is an education as soon as we go into a subject of say countertops you, there is now an in-depth discussion discussion of what are the different countertops in the market why should you go with this one versus that one and it's all functionality this is why this countertop's best aesthetics this is why this countertop is, is best and giving the client enough information that they can decide what works for them as opposed to whatever Derek says that must be because now it's, they're not taking responsibility for their space and it might come out. They're not going to like the space. They have to live with it every day, not me. So I want to make sure they live with it. So that's kind of the general overview of what we do. Do you ever work with like architects and engineers with a brand new house? No, I, so I stay in remodels. So I do existing homes. New construction for the most part is a different animal because in new construction, most architects, most builders, they're trying to build the house for as cheap as possible and sell it for as most as possible. So they're not going to necessarily go for high quality materials. They're going to go for a material that looks pretty and therefore they can sell the house. But is that material going to last 20, 30 years? Mm -hmm. I don't work that way. I work in regards to this is a material that's going to last you 20, 30 years. And so that's what you should go with. Now, that's not saying there's more expensive new construction remodel that you're going to actually use the level of materials that I work with. But that's a little bit more of a specialty market and depends on where you live and where you work with. Engineers, I work with all the time because anytime you're taking out a wall, you have structural concerns. Is that wall holding up part of the house? So any so anytime I'm doing a wall and I think there's potential 
ramifications that the house could have issues, I'm going to talk to an engineer and have them make sure that what we're doing is not going to damage the house. Mm-hmm. And do you specifically ever do the hands-on building part? No, I'm too lazy for that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, I did in the past. I mean, I did, I did plumbing for about two, three years. So that was crawling under houses and, you know, crawling through mud and connecting pipes and all that jazz. So I, I've done that. I'm okay. I don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, and then I've done, I've done different parts of different stuff, but I never got into carpentry work, like building the cabinets and doing all that. Do you have a team of people you work with or is this your own business? <clears throat> this is, I work for a friend of mine. His name is Rick. He owns the company. And so he, he works on the project management side and kind of runs the jobs and I handle all the design for him. So I have another designer that I'm about to train up because right now my workload is overwhelming in regards to how many projects I'm working on. So I'm bringing on a new person to train, but just to train with no experience in the field, it's going to take him at least six months before he can go out and do a simple project himself just in regards to on-the-job training, additional training through different member organizations that we're part of in regards to all these components. So even you can go to to school for kitchen bath design and for interior design. You could go to like Nova for for like a community college, or you could go to a four-year school. A four-year school is going to push you more into a full interior design thing where going to like a community college you can get some of the basic training. Um, the thing that you I've run across when I've talked to people that have done these type of programs and gone to training is that they understand color theory. They understand some components, but they're not necessarily going to understand the system of the house. And that's a key part if you're trying to move things around because you're, you're being entrusted by the homeowner to make sure that it's going to work properly at the end. And if you don't know what size of pipe should be put in there, you're going to guide them in the wrong way. And then they could have issues later on and miss the systems of the house. So people that go to a four-year school or a two-year school, it is a case of great, you're going to know theories, but you need to get kind of hands-on and understand how a house functions or how a building functions if you really want to be good in the field. Mm-hmm. And by by system of the house, you mean like pipes and wires and stuff, right? Yeah, you can break down every house into four general things. You can break it down into the structure, the walls holding it up and the roof and all of that. You can break it down into the heating, ventilation, air conditioning, so airflow and keeping the house in a proper temperature at any time of the year. You can break it down to plumbing, so water how the water gets in the house and how the water gets out, which is a whole nother thing. You don't just have a pipe going down to the ground. You actually have pipes going up to the roof and the pipe go up to the roof helps equalize pressure so that water flows properly. And that's something that people don't really think about. And then you have the electrical systems, which is a whole nother mess that you can get into because if you're dealing with the house built in 19, like in where we live, You have a lot of houses built 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s. And back then, the amount of power brought to the house or using in the house is not what people require today for what they live in. So making sure the electrical requirements are to the right standard 
is a big portion of what we do. And then, so on the financial side of your different, like with your different clients, how does that work? Do you pay for the countertops and then like they pay an overall fee or do they pay for all the little individual things? It varies. So company to company, they do it differently. Most companies either do one or two models, either they want everything to go through them because then they're going to get a little bit of profit from everything they sell. Or then some people want to only do the work and they don't want to deal with the material selection. So that's someone that's more of what's called a general contractor. So the general contractor builds the space, a designer designs it. The way we work in our company, we do the general contractor part of the installation and building it along with the design. So I will sell products to the homeowners and then we get some profit off of it. Or if it's a case that, hey, you can go to Amazon and get the faucet cheaper, go to Amazon and get it and we'll install it for you. But then you have issues on that because if you buy the faucet and it comes damaged, I'm going to say, here's the faucet. It's damaged. You need to replace it. And now you as the homeowner got to go, oh, how do I replace it? Where if you buy it through me and it comes damaged, I'm going to replace it. And at that point now it's, I kind of know what to do on it. So there's some things I'm going to tell the homeowner, I'm probably going to be more expensive, but for your peace of mind, buy it through me. Mm-hmm. And then there's some stuff like, yeah, knobs, cabinet hardware, go buy it here, have it here, we install it. The garbage disposal, go to Amazon, buy it, we'll install it. So it varies, but I'm willing to make it as easy as possible in regards to the purchasing or as, you know, spaced out as much as possible. Switching topics a little bit, what's the best part of your job? Seeing the finished product. (laughs) I mean, it's, 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 it's beautiful. Like when you do a project and you walk in and you go all the hard work and all kind of like the little details, it just, it looks beautiful. It's like that to me is kind of like it worked and seeing the reaction of the client that they love what their space is kind of like, all right, cool. You know, that is the best part. It's not the most enjoyable to me. The most enjoyable to me is the puzzle. It's how can I make this work? And it keeps me interested. I, you know, I've done jobs where it's like I did the same thing over and over again every day. And after a couple of years or a couple or a year or six months, I go, I am bored <laughs> and I do not want to do this anymore. This is not entertaining to me. And so then I moved on. But this job, I've been doing this now for nine years. This is my ninth year. And every day it keeps me entertained because every day it's a new space and it's a new situation and it's a new client where it's like, okay, cool. This person loves the color purple. How do I make it work? Or this person wants white. How can I make it work that they they like it? but it still looks good. So I like that puzzle. I like that game of that. Right. And then what would the worst part be? When something does not show up. <laughs> when I go, okay, good. We ordered this, This I'm doing it right now. We picked out tile and the tile is delayed in Italy. So now I got to scramble to reselect tile mm-hmm. and make find a tile that's going to work and find a tile that's, I can get it fast, you know? So it's like, 
the best way to do a remodel is to find everything and order it ahead of time so that you know it's available. If you want to do a remodel and pick as you go, you're going to drag out your remodel because something is going to be something is going to go missing or something is not available or a cabinet door comes damaged and now I got to scramble to reselect it. Right. So you went over a little bit like the overall process of remodel, uh-huh. but what is an average just like a random day look like? Okay, so a random day is in the office between eight or nine o'clock, depending on how bored I am. And then from there, it's answer emails. I try to get emails out of the way first thing. I personally don't like having to, I like to keep everything in writing because then I can go back and find stuff. So when someone verbally calls me and says, hey, Derek, I picked out this cabinet door. I'm immediately writing it down because I'm dealing with 15 projects. Like right now I'm dealing with like 22 projects of actual people want to do their kitchens or their bathroom. I'm not going to remember every detail of 22 projects. So I try to get all the clients to email me discussion points because then I have something I can go back and find. But first thing in the morning, I'm going through my emails and answering emails and actually like as soon as I see an email, I answer it because if you look at an email and then say, oh, I'll answer it later, I've now wasted time. Mm-hmm. So it's first thing in the morning, see the email, immediately discipline to answer it. And then at that point, I'm going into during the weekdays, I'm dealing with like open designs of like, okay, great. I'm going to go meet a client at a tile shop and let's go pick out their tile. Or uh, the client is going to come to my office and we're going to work through their design. Or I'm going to go to the client's house and meet with them to do the initial thing. Because like every week I see four to five new clients to look at their projects. So that's about two hours out of my day per, per, per person. And then I'm answering emails during the day. I'm doing selection visit with clients. I find for me... I, I will work later in the evening when it's quiet and no one's around to actually do my design. So at that point, I can sit down and without being disturbed, lay out a kitchen or lay out a bathroom. So I tend to work Monday through Friday, 8 or 8.30 to about 6.30 or so. And then the last couple hours a day, I'm actually doing my actual design work of uninterrupted. And then I will usually work a Saturday or Sunday, depending on how busy it is, to do to do the designs and to do kind of preliminary proposals. Because every time you get interrupted, if you're trying to design a kitchen, you now have to kind of reorient yourself to that kitchen. So I find the quiet times of the evenings or the app or the weekends is the best where I'm the the most productive on my designs. Mm-hmm. And do you still go to all these different people's houses with COVID? Yes, I do. So we follow protocols, have a mask. The homeowners are wearing masks when I go in the space. No more, you know, no shaking hands or anything. It's just kind of like, hi, how's it going? But we we have gone nonstop with COVID. We haven't had to stop at all, but we've just kind of put in additional protocols as a company to keep people safe on that. And some people have said, okay, I want to hold off on their project 
until COVID is, you know, died down, in which case, great, you know, we'll put, we'll push you off until March, April or something like that. Yeah. And some people, they're just kind of like, okay, we're following guidelines. We're okay. And let's keep going. Okay. So switching over to education. So yes. I, I know you jumped around, you bounced around through a bunch of different jobs, but what right. training do you have specifically for the modeling and design work? Half of it is self-taught and half of it is doing secondary, like courses in regards to from different organizations. So there's a organization called the National Kitchen Baths Association that you can do webinars or do, you know, in-person training about how to do, to do different design or different components, lighting, et cetera. I have certification in that. So I have an associate's, not a degree, but I have a, I'm a, an associate kitchen and bath designer, which is a certification that they do. Right now I'm working for my certified kitchen bath designer. So it's a, it's a bunch of coursework and then also testing, et cetera, and as well experience. So in order to be a certified kitchen bath designer for the NKBA, you have to have uh, six years of experience in the remodeling field. So I have more than that. I have between the project management, the design work and the plumbing work, I have like around 15 years of experience now. Mm -hmm. um, so I, so, but to me, it's a lot of self-taught. Um, I, I'm very much about, okay, if I need to know about color theory, I want to, I'm going to go study it. I'm going to go study it everywhere as opposed to one person as the authority because design is very particular and people's taste is very particular. So what one person thinks is beautiful and these colors work beautifully together is not going to work the same for someone else. There are, you know, specific theories and specific ways you can work color together that is kind of agreed upon. But then there's ways that you can totally violate those theories and do something different and appeal to people. So I'm very much of, I'm going to take a subject and I'm going to study it on the internet and look at it in every different way I can look at other designers and what are they doing and how are they working in this. And I'm, I, I'm a self-taught person overall. I, I never went to college. I finished high school and I said, like I said, I was done with school. I actually wanted to get out in the real world and do something. And so then I went out and every field that I've worked in, it's been some training and vocational training, but a lot of it's just been like, let me teach myself. So that's kind of where it's been. So like you just said, you don't have a college career, but you've been very successful. Do you mm -hmm. think that college degrees are required for the future? Um, yes, and, yes and no. I think it depends on the field, but I also think in some ways it depends on where you're going to school and what degree are you going for. If you're going for something that has real world application. So a doctor, if you're going and studying medicine, that to me is you should go to college because that's something where sure you can go take a knife and start cutting someone open, but you may want to get, you know, someone to yeah. tell you where to cut. Right. So little details like that. Right. But there's some, there's some, there's some degrees in university that they go out and do the degree and then it has no application in the real world. So now you've accumulated $200,000 in debt, $100,000 in debt, 
that you can't use it and mm-hmm. you're going to go and do something where you didn't have to do that. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on college. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it can be valuable, but it's what intention are you going at it from? Are you going with the intention of I'm going to learn something and I'm going to apply it to life or are you going to college? Cause I want to go party, mm-hmm. you know? So what kind of degrees or majors, I guess, would be helpful to study in college to be of a kitchen and bath design? I would look in the interior design fields. I would go down that path. I would probably also go into architecture and I would also study some engineering principles, maybe take some electives in regards to engineering and in regards to construction systems, as well as construction management. Because being able to know the sequences and the steps of how something's going to go together would be valuable. But if you're going for a straight, a straight degree path, I would just go, I would go interior designer path and, and get the degree in that. But I would spread out your electives and, you know, audit some other courses so that you're, you're grooved into more than not just this looks pretty, but this system is going to work in this way or fashion. Mm-hmm. And then I have one final question for you. Sure. Uh What advice do you have for someone who doesn't know what they want to be when they grow up? Go try things. You never know. Like if I had never taken a drafting class in high school, I never would have said, hey, I like this, you know, go try. Yeah, just go try things. Go like this sounds like it might be interesting. Let me go read about it. Go watch on YouTube what people are saying about it. And hey, does it look interesting? Cool. Let me go into a company and say, can I watch? You know, mm-hmm. see, see what it, see what's involved. You you don't have to come out of high school going, this is what I'm doing for the next 50, 60 years, unless you know. If you know, great, more power to you. Life is simple, go down that path. But you have to be willing to change and you have to be willing to experience life. And you have to be able to go, hey, you know what? I don't know. Okay, cool. Go try things. But what interests you? What, what, when you talk to your friends, what does that, what do you enjoy talking about? Okay, how can I make that a career? But then if you find after a couple of years, you're not happy, go do something else. It's going to feel nervous. You're going to go, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I have to like go lower income, uh, you know, but it's like, hey, do you want to be miserable the next 34 years or go try something else? And maybe you like it, you know? Right. So, yeah, but just be willing to go experiencing, push yourself outside your comfort zone. Okay. Well, that's all I have for you today. Cool. Thank you for teaching us about being a kitchen and bath designer. And if sure. any of our listeners have questions for Derek, you can contact him at Derek Baxter eight at gmail.com. That's D E R E K. B-A-X-T-E-R-8 at gmail.com. And before we wrap up, who do you want me to interview next? A professional chef, architect, painter, children's book illustrator? Email me your ideas at realitycheckpodcast10 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.